Hello, everyone, and welcome to Wellness Spring. As you know, I'm blessed to chat with exceptional people, and today is no exception. Today's guest is an amazing life coach, Joe Figliano, who has cured himself of a chronic disease which doctors told him was incurable. And since 2015, he has made it his mission to help people on their journey to shift their lives into being the highest version of themselves. Joe has facilitated workshops and presentations for high schools, universities, wellness hubs, and much more. One great hub got in United States, and he has also been featured in many magazines, such as Living Now, which is so relevant for today because we have to live in the present moment, and Crohn's and Colitis Australia, after having Crohn's disease for 10 years and has now been symptom-free since 2008. And Joe is also the founder of Lovefest, which I happened to stumble upon Recently, I joined one of his online events, which was absolutely amazing. Um, I think it was for the full moon um, last month, and he had so many different um, speakers there, entertainment, and unfortunately, I wasn't able to go to the dance party in the night, which I believe was a lot of fun. So welcome, Joe, to Wellness Spring. Thank you, Beverly. Uh, it's an honor and a pleasure to be here talking to you. Thank you. Would you like to um, tell the listeners um, what led you to be this amazing healer you are today? Because um, you did have uh, quite a difficult journey. And maybe you can let us know your background because you weren't always in the field of healing. Yeah, that's right. Um, so I was born in Fairfield in Western Sydney um, at Fairfield Hospital. I went to Fairfield High School and I lived there until in my 20s. Um, and I came out of school and, you know, I IT was actually my worst subject in high school. But then I decided to um, do IT and open up a computer shop, become a software developer first. Oh my God, and, um, <laughs> I didn't realize when we chatted the other day that you didn't like IT. So that seems a bit bizarre that you chose that as your profession. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, I didn't do too well at, at it, but I didn't know what else to do after school. And I thought, oh, you know, well, what am I going to do with myself? And I thought, well, IT is the future, so I might as well study that some more. and. And then I became a software developer, which I didn't like. <laughs> but, um, uh, and I, I didn't really like IT much, but I, I liked business. So I just started to, to start my business at the age of 23. Wow. Yep. Um, and I suppose the, I first started developing symptoms of Crohn's um, as a software developer when I first started you know, thinking about my life and wanting to get serious about my life and wanting to to save money and have a home and have investments and build um, build my life up with wealth, you know, and, and security. And so uh, I put a lot of pressure on myself and, you know, to to get to that. And um, I worked pretty hard for it, you know, from, yeah. from software developer into um, having my own business as well, yeah. Fantastic, because you were pretty gutsy to um, start a business at 23, especially with things that you didn't really like, what you weren't passionate about. But I guess you, from what I understand, you were driven by owning your own house. And I know from talking to you before, you had the big dream to get your house and nice car and boat, and you ticked all those boxes. So how old were you when you um, started getting the symptoms? The well, yeah, so the, the first symptoms came at about 23. So 
Um, so I actually started as a software developer at about 22. So at about 23 is when the symptoms first first started coming. And, you know, I went to, um, you know, it was something minor actually, um, but it was weird. I had some discharge and I went to especially a specialist and I had some tests done. And I remember when I walked in to the room to get the results, um, the the doctor had a very serious look on his face, you know, like you know, something big is, is happening to me. Um, and he said, Oh my goodness. Me, Can I just ask you in that moment, how did you feel? Because I've been down a similar pathway and I'm just curious how you felt, you know, just seeing the look on the doctor's face and thinking, Oh my God. Yeah. Well, I felt a lot of fear, you know, I was very afraid. Yeah. Uh, because at that time I really trusted, you know, doctors and, and everything. And, uh, I felt extremely afraid of what this what this would mean to me, mm. and and when he said it, you know, you have Crohn's disease. I was like, I had no idea what that is. You know, like, what is that? Like, you know, it must be something pretty bad. You know, mm. and um, so then I asked, you know, and he went on, went on to explain it, where it's a condition, um, it's a chronic autoimmune disease that affects um, the bowel and the digestive system, and it's something that um you know you can go through a lot of suffering for many years and need different types of medication and it's something that apparently is non-curable and you know i remember walking away from that and i was like i felt so lost and it was really eerie and strange and it's like my life had just changed all of a sudden because of because of, because of that yeah yeah it's it's very like you were only 23 as well you know and was your mom or anybody with you at the time when you went there? Yeah, no, I was on my own. But um, then I went and I did um, tell my mother what was happening. And um, she was in a lot of fear as well. Like, you know, she's asking me that, telling me that I need to be really careful. I need to be careful what I eat and listen to what they're saying. What's next? So they, uh, you know, I was prescribed some medication and, Hmm. you know and it was a bit of a shock to her as well yeah yeah and did anybody else in your family have similar diseases or were you the first yeah I, I did have someone else in my family that had something similar um yeah so I, I wasn't the first um and I then went and asked this person you know for more information and and their experience and and that person's experience was, you know, pretty troubled as well, you know, for a period of time. So, yeah. yeah. So, so, so I then had, yeah. So you started off with minor symptoms and you would have probably heard from the doctors what symptoms to expect, or you might have Googled it being in IT. Because I come from a nursing background, I think sometimes internet can be bad because you read about all the signs and symptoms and stuff that we read is not always necessarily true and we think about the worse and um, so over the years um, you were started off with mild symptoms and then you were taking medication did you get any side effects from the medication and what other symptoms did you get yeah so what happened is over the years um, all the symptoms that I was told from the doctor and from others actually came true. You know, it actually, oh. so my symptoms became worse and worse and worse and the medication made things worse. So, you know, I had you know, blood in the stool. I was going to the bathroom like, you know, 10 times a day. I had cramps. I had pain. I had drowsiness from, from the medication. I had um, itchiness. I had mood swings. Um, I couldn't sleep at night, um, you know, and the list goes on and on. It was always something, you know, that was that um, that was a problem for me, and I was in this constant state of, you know, dealing dealing with these problems on a daily basis. Mm. Kind of, you know, there was a lot of feeling down about myself, and you know, 
why me? And it, it just got um, worse over time. Like it fluctuated. There were times when it was okay, but it just, you know, the, the journey kind of got worse and harder and harder as I went. You know, I did work long hours as well. Yeah. And there were times when I just struggled to work because of it. And um, uh, yeah, and I remember um, it reached a point where I wanted to, uh, like my, I had a daughter that was three years old. Uh, this is after oh. having it for the disease for a few years. Um, um, you know, I, I just wanted to lay down with her. Mm. Like, sorry, I had to lay down mm. to read her the alphabet because uh, wow. I couldn't, I didn't have the energy to run around and jump around with her. I wanted to jump. I wanted to play yeah. with her and run and yeah. you know, be like a child with her. But I was, I felt like I was unable to do that. And, you know, my child remembers until this day that, you know, that's what I used to do as she, uh, you know, when she was a child young. Yeah. Wow. Um, wow. And mm. how did you cope through it? Cause I know you went with mood swings that must've been hard to deal um one i didn't realize you were married so young and had your daughter um yeah. you know <laughs> so you had a lot of things on your plate you know and do you think there was any um correlates between um starting the business because the symptoms seemed to start around that time you know were you putting lots of mental pressure on yourself and your thoughts and um, the symptoms started before I started the business. The symptoms actually started when I started to put pressure on myself in some right. form. Okay. You know, for, for me, you know, when there was extra stress on my body, you know, mm -hmm. um, that's when they actually began. Um, there was extra stress on me mentally as well that I was placing on myself. Um but, you know, I went through this journey where, um, you know, I was, I was working and I was saving money. And, I, and like, I, like you said, you know, I did get to um, have the house that I wanted and an investment and, and the boat and the car and the motorbike and, you know, all these <laughs> fancy things, and, you know, which was cool. Um, but, you know, I was working for, for money and I was working for things, you know. Mm. Um, and at the same time, I, ha I didn't have my health, you know, mm. and, and, and I, I reached a point where, you know, I, I'm like, you know, I, you know, I, I can't do this anymore. You know, I just, I, you know, I tried a diet, changing my diet and that helped a little, but you know, the problem continued. Can, can you um, tell us um, what type of diet you were eating at the time? Like, did the doctors put you on a certain type of diet to calm no, the symptoms? No, nothing. They didn't put me on a certain type of diet, but they did say, oh, someone has suggested that this diet's worked for them, you know, yeah. if you want to give it a try. So mm -hmm. I, I did try that diet. Um, and the, the diet helped me to a certain point. Like, I wasn't experiencing the health I would have liked to because flare-ups and triggers would still come. Mm. Um, with the disease you know um and then I struggled with the diet I'm like oh because I, I I struggle to stick to things you know too mm. much you know so I have like this ADHD type personality <laughs> um and you know it just it didn't end up working for me yeah I I know when we chatted before you said that you liked a lot of fast food and fried food and you were drinking alcohol and smoking cigarettes as well did they tell you to stop all those or you didn't really get advised? Um, I didn't get much advice on that. I, I was told that if I stopped smoking, it would help. Okay. Um, and I did realize like by listening to my body that, you know, drinking less alcohol would help as well. Okay. Um, so do you yeah, think so that... Do you think the illness Sorry, made I... you more aware of your body to listen to your body? Because... I know people in your situation, I'm the same. When you work long hours and you're so focused on the business, you don't have time to know what's going on in your body because you're working long hours, you're exhausted, you might not be sleeping properly. So maybe the illness was telling you to slow down a bit. 
Um, exactly, yeah. Uh, I, I did start to learn to, over time, listen to my body a little bit more. Um, and, you know, with the foods as well, like you said, so I was, I did start to eat less fried food, less alcohol, less smoking, and start to slow down a little um, with my work. Um, and, and again, I felt like that did help. Like I did reach a point where I felt a little bit stronger. Yeah. Um, but it was still, the flare ups would still come. So therefore it wasn't um, healing the disease. Yeah. It was just creating a better condition for myself. Yeah. Right. And I know yeah. when we chatted earlier, um, you mentioned that your wife had, um, was it a clot in the brain or tumor in the brain when we chatted before? And did you have the symptoms like, how old was you when your wife um, had to have the surgery? Yeah. So that was um, 17 years ago. Yeah. So I would have been 30. Um, right. And yeah, so around that time, my wife at the time had a brain aneurysm. Right. Um, and um, so that means I had had Crohn's disease for seven years at that point. Wow. Um, she had a brain aneurysm where a blood vessel burst in her brain and we had to go to hospital. Um, you know, raw, like she got flown in helicopters, came and Oh my to go to the right place to get surgery because uh, we needed to get to um, the right specialists and she was on life support and we were told that she was either going to die or be permanently disabled. It was high, it was likely for that to happen. I had to sign some paperwork, you know, and so then she had this surgery. Um, um, and, you know, she, you know, we both, I, I had learnt through that, I had learnt, um, I had gone through some major changes in my in the way in who I am through mm -hmm. that experience. Um, yeah, and I, you know, I had I learned. Um, I I said to myself, I will do whatever it takes, whatever is possible to help. You know, her to yeah. be okay. I will. You know, my daughter at the time was um, about one years old, one year old. Oh. She was just just born and. Um, you know, I, you know, my life with my family was everything, you know, and my work. So yeah. it was my business and building up my work and having a good place for my family and building security and my family itself. Like I had, I was doing everything for my family, you know. Yeah. And so, and so, um, uh, you know, I then started, I had this experience so three days after her aneurysm um, is when she was going into surgery. Um, yeah. And that's when I was told that there's a high chance of her dying. Um, I then um, started pacing up and down my home for about three hours. Um, I left my daughter at my mother's place so I could be alone. Mm -hmm. I'm just walking up and down and I'm visualizing her being okay wow. um, and coming home for New Year's Eve. And I imagined everybody praying that was praying yeah. for her, that I knew that was praying. And I imagined that, and like everybody is praying. There are people praying in Italy as well, people praying in wow. different states. And I, I visualize the prayer and the energy of the prayer kind of coming into one channel. And wow. I put my prayer into that as well. Um, and I just visualized this light of love that was coming down towards her during the surgery into the surgeon. Yeah. The prayers going into the surgeon, into his hands. And then I saw the surgery actually happening wow. um, to perfection so she can come home during that day. And then wow. uh, she had, she saw the same thing that I saw wow. at the same time because she floated up above her body and she saw the surgery the same way that I saw the surgery. So she you know, had an out-of-body experience while you were doing the prayer and everybody else was doing the prayer. Yeah, well, I was doing the prayer the night before. Yeah, She had the out-of-body experience during the surgery the day after wow. and saw the same thing. But my the prayer that I saw, the visual that I saw, 
was during the press. That's like during the surgery. So it's almost like time didn't exist. Yeah. It was just all happening at the same time. And, and the way that I visualized it and what she saw is exactly what happened. Wow. Um, and did you tell her what you'd done? Did you tell her what you'd done? Yeah. So yeah. then when she, she had the surgery, she came out the body and seen that. Wow, that's incredible. Absolutely yeah. incredible. And then, yeah, and then, um, but she didn't, she wasn't conscious. Uh -huh. So even though yeah. yeah, she wasn't, it took her a couple of weeks before she was actually conscious because all this time she'd been unconscious. Oh, was she, um, was she in an induced coma? It wasn't an induced was... coma. Yeah. No, it wasn't an induced coma, but she was unco just unconscious. Okay. Because yeah. you on mentioned she was on life support, yeah. Because often with the yeah. brain, they put you in an induced coma because it's one, it's so stressful and to allow the medications to work without people moving their head and things like that. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And so, and so what this experience, what it brought, and during this time, I had also learned uh, Reiki from a friend. I remember so, you saying that. Yeah. So Being I learned Reiki about the power of, Yeah. So I learned about the power of visualization, the power of law of attraction, the power of Reiki. Um, and, and, and I learned how energy works and yeah. uh, I would go and visit her and what happened is her surgery came through okay and I would visit her and but she still wasn't conscious there was a healing yeah. process yeah and I would visit her every day with and I'll, and I'll do Reiki on her every day Reiki every day every day and the energetic healing and you know and it's all about love right yeah well as you and know Reiki is a yeah. Japanese word for unconditional love so it's the yeah. universal love and love is in everything and everyone and the air we breathe. And if you're directing your attention and intention for that love healing, it must have been amazing. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what I learned. You know, I learned yeah. about the energy and attention and love and how to direct it. And yeah. And so um and and, and uh, she she came through um perfectly fine exactly the way that i visualized it during those that, that prayer you know wow which was a blessing it was yeah. a huge blessing and because we have we had another daughter after that because of it you know? oh my goodness that's wonderful congratulations um, yeah um, thanks and uh and um, um so yeah yeah i was gonna ask you about faith because you talked about faith and having lived in France and know loads of Italians, you know, they're very strict on their prayers and religion per se. Um, what's your take on faith now that um, you've and prayer? Um, yeah, I, I was born and raised a Roman Catholic as an Italian, yeah. but I, I don't. Oh. I, yeah, I, I don't follow that. Um, yeah. or any other religion for that matter i have uh researched like i reached a point where i walked away from the catholic church because of you know various yeah. situations and ide ideas that weren't connecting to me um and, and i researched very many different religions and faiths around the world um, wow. a lot of eastern philosophy and buddhism and hinduism and I visited Hindu temples and Buddhist temples and monasteries as well and mosques and um so I I I reached a point where um you know I realized that at the core of every at the core of every faith and religion and belief philosophy whether it's western or eastern or southern <laughs> is all the same at the core right at the core is all the same and that's and that's and it's all about love no, i totally agree fantastic and um so was this the turning point in your life 
after your wife was healed or what would you say was the turning point when you healed yourself of your Crohn's disease? Well, that was the biggest turning point for me because I realised that um, it was difficult to explain. It's like I had this experience mm. um, through the drama and through the, the hard time. Yeah. Um, you know, because at this point of desperation yeah. where I realised that, you know, there is something more to life than I've been taught. Right. You know, and, that, and I realised that I was living a life that was not really something that I'd chosen from a deeper level. It's something that I had been taught, taught to live this life. I've been taught that if I do these things that I'll be happy. You know, right? Um, like working hard, making money, having all these wonderful things um, through. But it wasn't. So I had learned that that's that's not it. That's not me. You know. And so uh, part of that journey was feeling lost. You know, and being like, okay, well, if that's not me, what is me? And um, but what is possible? You know. So it's having these, and then reading books like. Um, Deepak Chopra, the law, the spiritual laws of seven spiritual laws of success. Oh yeah, um, made a difference in my life. Um, and um, you know, learning about uh, purpose as well. Mm -hmm. What you know, reaching like when I reached my darkest moment, I'm like, well, what's the point of living? You know, why am I here? What's the point of living? Yeah. You know, and, you know, I went, I asked myself this question as I was experiencing the, the pain and the suffering through with the current. Right. You know. Yeah. Um, why am I, why, and, and so by continuously asking, eventually, you know, I start getting some answers, you know. But these answers, it's not like, I know that these are the answers for sure. It's just something that's coming to me, you know. And something okay. that came to me was um, maybe I'm here to show people that something that they think is not possible is possible, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and that included healing, you know. Yeah. Um, healing from the disease, you know. That's something that came into my mind, you know. Um, you know, I, I reached a point of anger of having feeling so much anger um, towards the system for not having an answer for me. Right. You know, for not having a cure a cure for me because I was on four different types of medication. I was told I was at high risk of bowel cancer. Mm. Um, you know, I was told that um, I need surgery because I'm high risk of bowel cancer. I need to have surgery to carry a bag to go to the bathroom in. Um, right. And, and I was told that having this surgery does not mean that I'm cured. It means that, you know, it's just going to relieve my pain for a while, but then come back, you know, and I'm like, well, <laughs> if that's the case, what's the point? Why am I going to get myself cut up if it's not going to cure me? You know, so that I remember driving home after being told that by the surgeon, you know, I kind of felt like the surgeon likes doing this. I felt like, Maybe he likes cutting up people, you know. He gets paid a lot of money for it, you know. And yeah. Like, a, it's just, a, it's just, I, I just didn't, didn't feel right as he was saying this to me, you know. Um, and um, I remember driving home thinking all these things, you know, and, you know, and what is my life? What have I come to? Like, I was still quite, felt like I was quite young, you know. I was about 32 at this time. And, um, and then not long after that is when I, I, I made a decision. Mm. And, you know, a, a lot of people say to me, well, how can you just make a decision to, to just be healthy when you're not, when you're experiencing so much mm. disease? Um, and I suppose for me, it's a combination of different events that have happened and have occurred in my life to have slapped me around a bit and, to get to this point to say, okay, I've, I'm done with that. That's not me anymore. Um, I am now choosing 
to be healthy, you know, and I'm going to do this, whatever it takes, whatever I need to do, anything that could possibly help me uh, to be healed and be healthy, I will do that. Fantastic. So, so what, what did you do then? <laughs> so, so I, I started, part of it was listening to my body, you know, and listening to my body was probably one of the biggest things. Um, I started listening to my emotions more, you know, as a child, mm. I was taught that it's not good to cry. You know, like a lot of males have, have had, um, you shouldn't cry because that makes you weak, you know, and that's what, that's the thoughts that I had, you know. Yeah. Um, but I learned through reading um, that um, emotional intelligence is an important part of life. You know? Absolutely. And um, yeah, and so uh, I, I learned to start to listen to my emotions more. Um, what's happening emotionally, and to do that, I needed to stop working so hard because the the hard work was part of my distraction you know it's like an addiction almost yeah um so i can be listen to my body i started eating lunch more because before i used to skip lunch because i used to just work straight through it you know or i'd eat while i'm working so i started being more mindful of my food um i started being more mindful of my emotions and feeling them in my body and the biggest emotion was guilt guilt and shame oh the two emotions that would come up the most that were the most difficult to to allow myself to experience, you know, and I'm still learning how to do that, mm -hmm. you know, it's a journey. Yeah. But at the very least, I was able to sit down and just just breathe and just ask myself the question: What emotion am I feeling now? What emotions came to my body today? And then I would allow myself to feel those emotions in the body. And usually, they were in the belly, which is where all my physical pain was, anyway. So I discovered that my emotions were coming from my belly and my gut and, and, um, you know, and, and what I started to do was to just send, send love to those areas, like connect to my heart and send love to those areas where the emotions were, you know, and I'd send love to those emotions, you know, um, and this is why I believe so much in the power of love because it, and the power of love starts with yourself, you know, self-love self-care so i started um doing more of that and more and more and more and more i asked myself questions of you know what are other times in my life were these emotions and i would visualize and go back into these to prior events in my life where you know i would have had an experience that um was, was probably quite a negative experience because I would internalize it and beat myself up over it and tell myself that I'm not good enough or tell myself. And that would bring up, that's where the guilt and shame was coming from because of these events of the past. So I'd visualize these events of the past and I'd look at them from a different lens now. And I started giving that, those a positive perspective and sending love to myself in those moments, which then would have my life today. Because it's it's kind of like shifting, shifting my memories. It's like I'm almost changing my memories. Yeah. Um, which then changes because I've shifted my memories and having a more loving experience with myself over those memories. I'm then having a more loving experience with myself today. Exactly. Um, I usually say to people, we can't change the past, but we can change the way we look at the events that happened to us in the past, and from there we can move forward and almost like recreating yourself as if you know if that event didn't happen and something else had happened how would your life be today how would you be feeling and it's wonderful that you're speaking so openly about guilt and shame because you know i grew up when it was like big girls don't cry sit in the corner shh, be seen and not heard and so forth and you know crying is part of life and our emotions and I like the way you said you felt it in your tummy where you know the stomach is the root of many emotions like you'll say butterflies in the tummy or tied up in my stomach's tied up in knots and 
you know, and you've taken it that step further where you're acknowledging it, sending it love and embodying it. And in fact, you're just saying that I love you, that's happened. You know, you, I say to people, you can bless it, set it free, forget it and move on. And it's wonderful that you, especially as a man, because with John Gray's book, you know, um, men, men lives in the caves, the women's usually blather, but men haven't got an emotional outlet to talk to their mates about. So, you know, I hope lots of men benefit and young boys as well and girls as well listening to this talk because um we in schools we get bullied you know we get called names fatty skinny four eyes and lanky you know and much more and a lot of time people don't even know what they mean but when people laugh you know how you feel you know feeling ridiculed and um, it's so important to heal the past like you you did and um so how did you feel when you eventually healed yourself completely or what did the doctors say oh my god you completely healed yourself or yeah so um just before i answer that question i just want to share so just to get a more of a bigger picture is yeah. that the emotions was one part that was really important probably the most important but there are other parts that are important, such as mentally, so how I communicate with myself. Mm -hmm. um, spiritually, how I look at the world and my, my faith. My faith was in love. You know? Yeah. Um, and my faith was in my purpose, why I'm, why I'm here. Even though I didn't have the answer, it was like I'm here for something bigger. You know? mm. um, and I would just keep telling myself that. Um, because I knew that if I healed, that there would be something bigger for me. It's just part of the process. And then... Also, um, physically, like I would listen to my body and make sure that I do things in the right manner. I had some advice from my Chinese medicine practitioner mm. around diet. Um, I took some Chinese medicine. I did acupuncture. I did yoga. I did meditation. Um, I um, sat in the sun more. I practiced gratitude every day. I would wake up and say to myself every day, thank you, God, for my perfect health, even though I didn't have perfect health, even though... Yeah. I was in pain, I would say that and then visualize what it would look like if I did have perfect health, what would I be doing? And one of those things that I would be doing would be running around with my daughter and playing, you know, mm. and feeling so happy and joyful from doing that instead of being in pain and low energy and et cetera. So being of high energy. So I just really imagine that and embody that on a daily basis. And I learned about the placebo from Joe Dispenza later yeah. on as well. And I learned it from I learned from Bruce Lipton about how we um, are able to impact our genes and ourselves through our thoughts. And, yeah. um, you know, so I, I started um, practicing these uh, on a regular, this on a regular basis, even though sometimes it can be quite challenging to do that. And some days it's like, I'm not touching, I'm not going anywhere near mm. that because I'm just not there and that's okay. And I would just bring myself back to it again and again. And by doing this, it started impacting me in, in my physical body, my mental body, my emotional body, my spiritual body, you know, all of this and nature and really and just appreciating, being grateful for even just a blade of grass and being present with a blade of grass and then the lines and intricacies of the blade of grass and stopping and smelling the roses literally, you know, you yeah. know around, around, yeah. around my block where I lived, you know. Yeah. Like I wouldn't go out much to to parks and that because I needed to get back to what I was doing but I would just at least take time to just connect to nature as well and that was huge for me yeah. um, at the same time so you know I just want to share with everybody out there you know, can really make an impact in your life you know and, and and I reached a point where I started weaning off my medication slowly um you know about you know six six to nine months into the process it took about six months it took about six weeks before i could see that i was making a difference but it took about six to nine months at least before i got to a point good enough to slow down my medication mm, that's I remarkable different medication mm. i started slowing down my medication and then to the point i got to zero and then at about 18 months, um, I felt completely symptom-free without medication. 
Wow. Um, and it's the first time that for about, and I, I've been symptom free ever since. And that's been like 13 yeah. years now. Wow. Um, and and what, what I did after I became symptom free, I slowly started introducing my old foods back. And how did that react on Drinking your body? occasionally again, alcohol right. smoking. Did you do it to just challenge your body yeah. and so, see? So, I, well, there's two, two reasons. One, I wasn't ready to give up all these things, you know, uh, yet. And two is, yeah, I wanted to challenge myself as well. And I, I'm, a, I'm someone that does take risks. I have a high, high risk tolerance. Yeah. Um, which is a bit different to some. And I think my ADHD plays a part of that. Or my ADHD uh, uh, tendencies, like, you know, I don't see myself as that, but I see myself as having these types of traits. Right. And that that is part of what I, who I am. And so I push the limits on that to see. I don't recommend this to anybody, though, for research for myself. Right, um, and I realized I realized that uh, from the, that the physical aspect of it is not what healed me because by introducing these things back, it didn't affect my health whatsoever in a negative way. Yeah. That's amazing. That's wonderful news for everyone suffering with Crohn's because I've over the years lots of people have come to me and it's almost like you a lot of them will say they feel like they've been given a life sentence that their life has really gone the way they knew it and you know just a lot of them have been so depressed and by the time they come to see me some of them have even been suicidal because you know they might have had the operation you talked about and all the sensitivities going around wearing a colostomy bag and things like that and um not feeling comfortable in their body and who they are and not being able to do the things like playing with their daughter and high energy and things like that. So, yeah. So, so what happened is, so I suppose what I'm saying is that doing the physical stuff like the diet and that is important to create the right conditions to heal, you know? Mm. So if, you want to go on this journey. If anybody would like to go on this journey, the first thing is to create the optimal conditions to heal, right? Mm -hmm. And that includes the diet and going for walks, making sure there's enough exercise and vitamin D, etc. You know, and yeah. stop smoking, stop drinking. You know, um, don't yeah. eat fatty foods. You know, like you know, don't make sure it's uh, so. So this, you know, get no more fizzy drinks. You know, no less sugar, like all of this stuff is important to create the right condition for healing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, but then the, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual is as important, you know. And I would say the most important for me was the emotional. But there is also another thing that's come up right, that I've realized. Now, first of all, I want to say that it did take a bit of work, you know, it takes commitment. Mm. and it takes work you know but but you know it's it, it's actually mean for me it meant that i'm stressing less there's less stress you know, i'm relaxing more i'm enjoying mm. the sun and the birds more like why wouldn't mm -hmm. you want to do it you know um but this these 18 months for me have meant you know 12 great years of having feeling so much more freedom in my life um, so I, I highly recommend this to anyone. It's definitely worth it. You know, mm. it's just changed my life, this experience, my life completely because I've also learned new skills, you know, and, and there's no way that I can go back because um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a life journey, you know. It's a life journey of getting to know myself better um, and it's a life journey that every day I've chosen to be a better version can to be that and a big part of that mentally spiritually you know and once you do that you're not going back to how you were emotionally before because you've to more of this type of person 
And the other thing that's important that I want to share is the identity shift, because we identify ourselves uh, with, we put ourselves in a box and I, I still do this. We put ourselves in a box and say, this is the person I am and this is my identity, you know, and my identity was, yeah, I'm disease. Um, and I had to get myself out of that before I experienced the healing, you know, and getting myself out of that identity was saying, I am Joe and I am healthy. And I can say, I am Joe, I'm healthy because I can walk. Thank you, God, for my perfect health because I can walk. Thank you, God, for my perfect health because I can talk. Thank you, God, for my perfect health because I can make myself a sandwich. Thank you, God, for my perfect health that so I can go outside and feel the sun on my face and see the sun. You know, thank you, God. So it's that that feeling. How does that feel? You know, if you when you were to say that and embody that inside your body, how does that feel? You know, and like really embody that and really shift. And then what that does is that helps to shift the identity away from the identity of disease to the identity, a new identity of health. And that that is something that um, is you know is is huge is massive and i and i've 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 only come i've come across a few people a few other people that have done this including someone that has had surgery and and, and a, with a colostomy bag um wow. that has been able to shift themselves into um a life of health you know and and, and cured um wow. and not it's not just health it's health it's joy it's the the, the feeling of abundance it's attracting more into life of what you want to experience, you know, and um, because they have gone through the shifts themselves as well. They have gone through similar shifts as well. And I've met people that, because since that point, I've tried to help others, but also um, I've been wanting to um, communicate and connect with other people that have done something similar because I didn't know anybody else that had done this. And then slowly I've been connecting with, someone else and then someone else again and then someone else again and someone else again so it is rare and it's a small percentage but there are quite a few of us out there now yeah you know and have you built like a website or forum for people with Crohn's disease that they can contact you on you can share your story and give them advice well I did have a website at once um, called the power one time called the power within when I was coaching. Yeah. Um, I still am coaching, but I'm not promoting that. Like if anybody wants um, support, um, then I am still offering that, but it's not something that I'm driving forward to because okay. I've shifted. Um, I, I'm, I'm open to communicating with anybody and um, I have, my uh, website as well for love fest because i've shifted from this place to um you know uh, my purpose keeps changing you know just yeah. like my purpose today may not be my purpose in a year's time you know it's just who i am today you know yeah and so um and so the way my so as i was saying my my uh uh, a lot of my faith is around love, right? Yeah. And it started with the love for self. Yeah. Yeah. The self-love that I was talking to you about. And through the self-love um, comes now I can be there and give my fullest attention of love to those that are close to me, to my family, to my children and to my friends. I could not jump around and play with my daughter until I was able to give myself enough love to get myself. You know? Yeah. And that has meant the world to my child. Right. That's wonderful. And so and so through that, so then it's family and then and then it's community. So I then, yeah, I then had an experience when I went to Nepal and I, I helped, I helped Nepal after the earthquakes um, to rebuild classrooms, 
Um, we raised some money um, and built five classrooms um, in a place where it was full of destruction, where there was nobody else going. And it was another one of those things where I was told that I shouldn't do it, you know, and hmm. uh, because it's um, dangerous, etc. But I followed my heart. Um, and I went there because I, I wanted to help them. But when I came back, I realized that they actually helped me more than I helped them. And they helped me to realize that asked my English translator, he said that, um, you know, what I noticed is that people were happier in the villages after the earthquakes and there was more destruction in the villages. They were happier there because um, they had community, they had each other. And so coming back, um, I'm then like, okay, well, what can I do about that? So, so now it's important to me about to bring community together. And so we're doing that face-to-face, in-person, and online, mostly online now because of the situation, you know. Yeah. And then the next phase after that is planet, you know. So it's love for, for planet is what Love Fest is about, you know. So I am reachable through my website, which is www.australia.com. Um, any, anybody can go there and ask a question um and contact me through there and i'm happy to help um with anything related to what i've shared tonight oh thank you very much joe it's um a pleasure to be with you and as you know i'm a self-love expert and i've had my own self-healing journey as well and for me everything you resonate it's like you're speaking my language and um we have so much in common on our journey. And um, I, I, I believe love is the answer. Love is the medicine. Love is the remedy for everything. You know, love is in the air we breathe. Love is all around us. And I, I, now is a, a wonderful opportunity during lockdown for us all to practice self-love. And if you can't go out for whatever reason, you can have a plant inside. And as you connect it with the blade of grass, you can just connect with the leaf on your plant, for example. And, you know, it's nature, um, the planet and Mother Earth, you know, we're all one. And it's so wonderful that um, we are all slowing down so Mother Earth can breathe. And most importantly, like you said, everything starts with self-love and self-care. And if everybody can do that around the world, the, the planet will be a much better place to live in because we'll be coming from a hot space and there'll be peace on earth and love and harmony. And I just want to say I'm so grateful for the wonderful community that you've built here and for you sticking to your journey so that you can help so many people. And um, we'll have to do another podcast down the track to talk about all your other wonderful projects that I know you've got coming up. And um, I just wish you a wonderful continuation. And um, yeah, thank you again for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Beverly. Um, it's been uh, an honor and a pleasure. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. um, thanks. Thank you for your humbleness too, Bev. Um, nice to see.